The University of Georgia will start the season number one in both the AP and the coaches poll, something that hasn't happened for UGA since 2008. And what does that mean for the rest of college football? As always, I'm Cheeto, and with me is my co-host Keegan, and welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. Dog Nation, are you are you starting to feel it? Listen, I don't know how spread out we are, but if you're North Georgia, Atlanta, all the way up to Chattanooga, you felt a little bit of the temperature drop today. We are just about a little over a week away from football, full time. Soon the leaves are going to start changing. You can see a little tint, but like it's coming. And UGA is going into this season as opposed to the other seasons where UGA won championships as number one. As most of you know, the first time since 2008, back when we had Matthew Stafford and Sean Marino. Didn't go the way we wanted, but this is a, I guess, a little bit of a justification of some of the work that UGA's done. I don't know if, what it means yet, but a uh, nice little uh, appreciation thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. But way to bring that up. Remind me of the, <laughs> the and we were number one once before. Got to call a spade a spade, man. Got to call a spade a spade. Absolutely. But you're right, dude. It's it's that time of the year where we're, you know, we're seeing pumpkin spice start to be featured on menus. I saw some of my uh my favorite pumpkin beers out at the at the store aisles getting put out. So AKA yeah. white girl season. Yeah, yeah. It's coming. <laughs> They're coming for us, bro. The fur boots are back. <laughs> you get it. All right, is playing in the background. But yeah, it's cool, man. Georgia ranked number one. We've been waiting kind of to get that preeminent credit. A lot of the guys give us our credit, obviously, two national championships. But when are when is the media going to ride our coattails? When are we going to get, like, just the inside track? When are we going to get to be the favorite, if ever? And, you know, not that that's what we're in it for, but obviously it's been a distinct difference between how Georgia is treated when they, when they win one and then two national championships, and then how everyone else was treated before that, or just like some of these Big Ten schools that just are worth the money yeah. have always been treated when they don't win nothing. So, you know, we've been waiting for our time to shine, and, you know, being number one is a nice feeling. Um, but obviously, it's not – it's kind of like being on the Madden cover. It's not that being on the cover is like – a bad thing in within itself it's a pretty cool accomplishment it's like hey the credit where credit's due right but at the same time uh teams that are number one don't don't necessarily have the best track record so cheeto what do you think that is too and i kind of have my ideas but i want to hear your thoughts on why some of these number one teams don't necessarily pan out and why you think georgia will or will not be falling in line with that statistical progression as we uh, look at the former teams allotted number one preseason. I think a lot of it can be a bunch of cliches that we hear in sports all the time, but I think you there's plenty of evidence that kind of, you know, back all this up. When you're, when you're the number one, 
when you have that target on your back, when people are quote unquote hunting you, you have to prepare mentally to be the hunters. And Kirby established that really early, but it's easier to say it's very hard to do when you've won championships, when you've got all this NIL money, when you're being featured on ESPN and all these sites and everyone's just like, y'all are the best. We're going to go undefeated. We're going to three-peat. You got to put the work in. And I think when you're at the number four, the number three, the number two position, I'll tell you one thing that Michigan and Ohio State and Alabama, those guys that are up there, they have a real hunger to chase what they feel like they deserve. UGA is the only one that's deserved it because we've, we've earned it. But can you keep that hunger? Can you, can you find new ways to chase? And you know, Kirby's done the, the whole Laker 3P, the whole Michael Jordan 3P, uh, the All Blacks. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. It's Great. just hard to, it is really hard to do that internally within a system. And a lot of people don't like the rat poison analogy, but I'm telling you, there's a reason why people like Nick Saban bring that up. They know what it's like to win. They know the complacency and people chalk it up to coach speak, but it is hard to get to the mountaintop. It is harder to stay at the mountaintop. It's that's just how it goes. That's human nature. Yeah. And the thing is, is there is a reason why the, like, out of all the greats, and there's so many, you know, across all sports, but out of all the ones that are just like the legends, and there's some awesome stories. So, you know, I don't want to shoot anyone down here, but as far as just the people that you look at just had the most dominant reigns and, you know, the the MJs in the 90s or, you know, like Larry Bird in like the late 80s, early 90s kind of time period, like just people in different eras of any sport, uh, maybe Mike Tyson for a little stint. Um you know, it's obviously Tiger Woods when he had his kind of like, you know, time in the sun, but just the do the most dominant of not, not just the greats, but the most, most dominant. Okay. The thing about those people is when they get to the mountaintop, getting there is within itself. I mean, hands off if you got there. I'm For not, real. I don't want to water it down. You got it's, there. It's, ra it's rarefied air. It's, it's Rare. what everybody's chasing. Not everybody gets to those heights. That's that in itself. That's an accomplishment. Hey, you know. Credit where credit's due. And I'm happy that Georgia got there. I'm not saying we got to win the national championship for me to be proud of my dogs. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is once we're there, to maintain it, that is that that is an elite company of elite company. There's just not that many teams that get to number one or individuals that get to the championship spot or get to the gold medal post like Michael Phelps to maintain or – to be, you know, someone like Lance Armstrong or whoever it was in their time to maintain that dominance, that is what sets you apart forever. Not just, not just like in your sport, but we're I'm naming sports I don't even pay attention to, but For I know sure. these guys. For sure. I'm, and it is the same with the All Blacks. It's the same. If you don't know basketball, you might have known that Kobe and Shaq had their time in the sun. You might have known about MJ. You, you might be a soccer fan, but you know that. And that's how Georgia football is about to be this season if they can keep the torch going. So it is kind of exciting. And obviously, yeah, we're in a good spot, but it's pretty cool. We're chasing history. And, yeah, we might be in that conversation too. And around that conversation, Keegan, if you'll bear with me, a dog nation, I want to pose this question to you guys as well as Keegan right here. I got a couple questions lined up. So hang with me here. Kind of follow my thought process. So it's we, Georgia's gotten to this, again, this rarefied air that not a lot of people have. And we have, and I think most people's eyes for the time being, this takes no credit away from 
what Alabama's done the entirety of Nick Saban's career there. That's unparalleled, but that's longevity as well. But to go back to back and to get ready for three, even Clemson, they won two, but they kind of swapped with Alabama for a little bit. Do you consider this season, Keegan and Dog Nation, title or bust in your opinion? No, not at all, because to me, the best you can do is, you know, put yourself in the conversation. And this year, the conversation is still 14 playoff. And, you know, to be able to be in that kind of like puncher's chance mentality, I think is where we need to be. But I do see this as a great window. You know, a lot of times it does play out to be like, hey, who like who's on your schedule? How much of a gauntlet is your gauntlet, so to speak? And for Georgia this year, they have, a, you know, a fairly easy schedule. I do think South Carolina and Tennessee will both be harder, but, like, that's pretty much it to me. Um, so, yeah, I, I do feel like expectations are high because of that. But, no, I do not think it's championship or bust, but I do think it is kind of like if there ever was a time to three-peat, we got a great <laughs> – we got a great layout. And that four, that four-team playoff is, playoff is the last year to, to be, you know, to be able to do that. And I love that. So I love that. I love that answer because the context is perfect. It's about the way it's structured now, especially with the change that's coming. Would making the playoffs when there's 16 teams be a success for Georgia with the talent and the coaches? Absolutely not. But for me personally, I think putting yourself in that mix of the college uh, football playoff right now with being the best four teams, I consider that a successful season because you have to consider injuries, matchups. You know, sometimes there's just there's going to be a player who has a crazy season that no one's talking about right now up for Heisman or defensive player of the year or whatever have you all these awards. So for Georgia, getting to the playoff right now is a success in my eyes. But I do think us getting there is a very good chance that we go all the way once we get there. So I agree wholeheartedly with that. And to continue that conversation, I want to ask you and I love this meme that's been going around. We haven't talked about it, but as far as the best four teams. Right now, I'm telling you or asking you right now, you're, who would you consider the best four teams going into this season? You can go with the rankings. Rankings is a, a side coming off of last year. Give me your best right now, but with the projection that you see they're going to be successful. Because UGA, a part of the being number one is that we have an easy schedule. Alabama doesn't have that luxury. They got to see Texas, LSU, and Tennessee. They could get back to the SEC championship and make it in, but that's going to be harder for them to go undefeated, unlike what Georgia's slate looks like. So give me your best four teams now and going towards the playoff. I think it's definitely Georgia. I think I'm going to go, you know, as good as USC is, I think Oregon might be the better team. Take your you pick. Know. Make your stand, my guy. Better. So I think I'll go with Oregon on right. that, you know, leave them out. And then I'll go with – uh yeah, I guess I'll go with Michigan because they got continuity and a pretty good team, but also really like, you know, a quarterback that has a lot of upside. And then I'll go with Bama um, over LSU. Just, yeah, I think so. That's That one's tough, but I'm going to go with Bama. I'm okay. One, so. I, I like your list because it's. I think we're on the same <laughs> wavelength here. Mine's a bit different. Okay. Obviously, I'm going to go UGA, just what we've done, what we're bringing back, and what the projection looks like and the schedule. I'm going to go ahead and go USC because whereas I do think Oregon is going to make a really good case in the Pac-12, which is about to be completely obliterated by these conference realignments, 
I just think when you have a Heisman caliber player in college, that takes precedent. The defense hopefully will see some progression, especially when they're taking players off of UGA's D-line. That has to count for something. Um, so I got them. I'm going to go LSU because they're trending in the right direction defensively and with their quarterback. Who's going to be the quarterback for Alabama? Defense hasn't been their identity in a couple of years. Is this the year they bounce back? Hard to say. And again, their schedule, they're going to drop, I think, one of those three tough that I, games that I mentioned. And then Michigan, even though they want to be like us and haven't really proved it, you've got to respect the seniority they're bringing back, the quarterback, the transfers that they have. I don't think that makes them better than UGA, but I do think it puts them squarely in the conversation of best four in the country, hands down. I like what you're saying. I, I, I totally do think we're on the same wavelength, but I, you know, the, the reason I think that Oregon might make a push on USC because those teams are probably pretty close, roughly, I guess. Without Absolutely. But I, I would say, like, Bo Nix is, like, in his 10th season as a quarterback. He's like Stetson Bennett's uncle at this point. <laughs> like, so, uh, I mean. Doesn't make I, him better than Caleb Williams, but it, 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 that it experience is good. That experience is great. Totally, it totally doesn't. But I do think that I, th I think something's got to give with him. So, yeah. I, I, you know, that's kind of what put, puts me over with them, but we'll see. I do, I, I do see a, uh, a pack to form. Well, there are, they, are they, this is the last pack 12 year. So, this, yeah. Well, it's not that it's the last pack, but as is, as because, is. uh, whichever teams have decided to join the, um, big 10, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan state and Ohio state and those guys, two very prominent teams. I can't even remember exactly which ones, but it's it's about to change drastically. I think it's USC and UCLA. Okay, it, maybe maybe so. Whichever, it's not going to be the same Pac-12. There's just no way when you take the premier programs from a league, it's just not going to be that. And there's talks in other parts of the country, ACC, SEC is obviously going through it. So all these teams are trying to hang on to their leagues. Yeah, it might be the last time a Pac-12 team is in the playoff. Or, yeah. or it's been a, it's been a minute since we've really been talking about those teams. But I mean, of course, USC had their heyday back in the day. So. Yeah, and you know, just to continue, just the conversation about, I feel like there's a lot of people trying to poke holes in UGA's argument for number one, and um, again, the title or bust thing. And then I'll, I'll let you kind of like do your thing with some of the subjects that you wanted to touch on. But the reason I'm confident in this team. And why I think it's we should focus more on the process over the results as a program right now for us, because we do have some questions, but this team is so stacked. The reason that we are going to win or lose a championship is, again, it's going to be about the process, because if we lose, the question is going to be like, did Kirby prepare, maybe not a star studded, but a really veteran D line? Did we stop the run? Did we prepare the right right way? Did we have a quarterback getting ready, getting developed like Stetson did? Stetson's out here killing the NFL, and now people are just like, oh, they had Stetson. Stetson developed. Dude went to junior college, for God's sake. I mean, he developed. So if we don't win, it's because we failed to develop the D-line. We failed to develop a quarterback. Every other part of the football team is pretty solid besides running back injuries, and I know you can, you can hop into that next. That'd be great. But that's why I think UJ is in such a good position because when have we not developed people on this team, especially people that are in their third, fourth years? Like these are not new guys. They've played all the teams and been a part of all these championships in some capacity. I just really have a hard time seeing that they haven't been grinding and that Kirby's not demanding that they step up to a level 
worthy of championship medal. So that's, that's, that's being a dog fan right now is just, there's so much confidence to be had, but there's a lot of evidence to back up. Why is that a guarantee? No, but from the reports coming out of camp, which we can hop into too, it just seems like the question marks we do have are going to get shored up and we have a lot of cupcakes, frankly, to start the season to fix whatever holes we may have. Yeah. And hopefully that's that, that kind of just depends on your mentality because on the one hand, you got a bad mentality. You're probably been like, you know, we got three cupcakes. I can kind of take time off. I can text my girlfriend in the second quarter, start thinking <laughs> about what we're gonna eat, you know. <laughs> or, or you could be like, I need to get my shit together. Yeah. You know, make sure I, I'm coming correct by that fourth game or whatever. But you know, I I, th- I do think it's awesome. And you know, again, worthy of note, being ranked number one, it's great. And you know, like I do think we are loaded, like you say be able to make a push but you know at the end of the day rankings don't make or miss tackles rankings don't throw interceptions or touchdowns tell somebody keeks you know the thing is about being rated at whatever level you you know it it has nothing to do with your technique or what you got to focus on in the game so like georgia's in a great position because even where you know i'm most concerned probably to jump ahead just to like you know defensive line you kind of touched on that but um, I don't know as much, you know, it's, it's just like, for my opinion's sake, you know, I, I do think we've recruited well there. I know we got great coaches in that area. I'm sure we'll have somebody that's decent, but as far as just like, you know, making that push, that's a really important position. I don't really know as much and we won't know really much until the middle of the season. We'll just have to be okay with that. But as far as the quarterback room, I do know we've got a lot of, uh, depth there a lot of three good quarterbacks Gunnar Stockton showing out Carson Beck hasn't necessarily pulled away from all reports but the thing is is we've we've known these guys are all pretty good we've all kind of been hype on these recruits um you know or, or these players since they're recruits and to to this point um you know we have a ongoing good competition none of them are doing badly none of them are sucking it up none of them are going to be aka liabilities right and we have a great team so the coaches are going to know what they got and they're going to say if they got a guy who's you know just a game manager if that's what it talks out to be i think that's the worst case scenario dude like as good as we're looking at i honestly think that's kind of like the floor like one of these guys is just a game manager i honestly don't think that's where we're at carson's got an nfl talent arm both uh you know you know Gunner and Brock can really do some things with their feet. I don't oh, think guys, yeah. I don't really think we're at a floor game manager, but I do think that that's probably the floor if I had to guess. That's I think floor. whoever starts is probably going to be better than Graham Mertz in Florida and they've already announced their guys. So like take that yeah. take that for what it is. It's just like it's so easy for people it's the same people and I will be the first to get on this podcast and say it. I did not think Stetson was going to do the things that he did make the runs that he made in both of the playoffs. But so many people, including me, doubted that. And now that he's gone, now that he proved us wrong, now that he's gone, oh, you can't do that again. Well, why not? Yeah, and the thing is, is like I was like on a technicality basis right about Stetson Bennett, but it was not because I knew Stetson was going to do all that. I definitely did not know. I would be the first to tell you I did not know that. What I had was optimism about his upside. And I was like, well, if I'm right about my optimism, if my optimistic side's true, I think we're here. So yeah, just the, like on the, the floor flip side ceiling of that, thing, like you said, yeah, it's perfect. Exactly. So on the flip side of that pessimistic side, hey, look, I think we're kind of at a game manager 
that's what we have to worry about. If y'all really want to worry, the, the the sky's not falling. At worst case scenario, we got a game manager quarterback. And we'll deal with that because we have a great team. You know, ESPN just came out with their list. I, you, you can give it some credit or not, but we got a bunch of guys on yeah. that top 100 list. Yeah, for college football. That, but yeah. yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take it where I can get it. But the thing is, is like Georgia looks great going into the season. And if that that's kind of the, the uh, position groups that, you know, everyone's kind of focusing on right now. But the other one, the other big one that we kind of want to touch on is the running back room. Obviously, Kendall Milton has been, you know, having an ongoing uh, injury. He's been dealing with hamstring things. My thing for him, he just needs to do whatever he needs to do to get his body back right. Take it slow. Make sure, you're, you know, checking your boxes, hydrate. Because the dude could really have an NFL career, and he needs to take his time. And it's one of those things, like, some, something's tripping him up, you know, with the injuries. But, you know, you, all you can do as a player is just control the controllables. And, you know, just take your time getting back. You know, we want we we don't. I, I mean, I think I say we don't need anybody, but at the same time, like we could probably win these first three games without you, dude. So, Facts. you know, let's get healthy, bro. Get the healthy. Schedule the schedule plays in our favor, and where like we don't have to trot him out to win the first two games. South Carolina, Branson Robinson would destroy South Carolina. I, I have a hundred percent confidence in saying that. So. I think that's one of Kirby's biggest things this year too, because our schedule allows us to do so. You have to manage it the right way. It's going to be some soft games. And then we're going to get into the sec slate about a month in. And then, you know, we're going to have old miss Tennessee. That's when you really start. What's this team like? So let Carson Beck, who I think his floor is maybe Jake Fromm, his ceiling, maybe Aaron Murray. I think that's a very realistic um, scope to put him in. Without, I'm not going like, to doubt him. I'm not going to praise him yet, but that's that's kind of what I'm seeing with the talent and the weapons around him. So if Kirby can manage this schedule the right way, which I have every bit of confidence he will, what you're saying is exactly right. There's let him take his time and get right because we will need him eventually. He's our best running back right now by a, a good bit. But Dejon, Cash Jones, uh, Andrew Paul, I'll, I'll, I keep wanting to call him Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Paul, bro. <laughs> still watching Breaking Bad, but um, yeah, I just think. I just think we can get by. Not that we should abuse the time off we have, but like you got to do it the right way. That's what a season's about: managing the players, the schedule along the way. It's a long season. They just start the scout team for the first three games. <laughs> scout team would hold up. I mean, that's I'm what, telling that's you, what I'm saying it really would be more interesting for us. But the thing is, is yeah, I, I think I got to push back a little bit just on the fan base in general, the chatter I've been hearing, you know, a lot of worry about the running back room. But, like, to me, you just you just mentioned it, but we have depth. We have depth. We got lots of young dudes, too. And, you know, uh, Dejon Edwards has really been solid on the ground. Like, and he, you know, he could always evolve his game and uh, end up being even a better, you know, catching back as well. But I really do, like, trust – that we can move the ball with him. We've, we've done such a good job in the past. And I, you know, we've, we talk a lot about it, uh, you know, this last season on this podcast about, you know, what we thought he could do, you know, kind of noting on how good he was doing. So I really think that's somebody we can look at and kind of lean on. And, you know, outside of him, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Cash Jones is kind of like popped into the scene. Now he's part of the conversation too and all our other young backs. So I, I do think we're set up. And, yeah, dude, Kendall, you just got to get healthy. So, overall, I just want to put some confidence on the running back room. I am I feel much better about them 
really that I do like the defensive line just because I don't really know what we got as much there, but we'll see soon enough. And um, yeah, I think all any other like, you know, position groups, I know that we had some pretty uh, unfortunate injuries here in fall camp that we can kind of touch on for sure. Um, you know, starting off with Raylan Wilson, a yeah. guy that I really, you know, excited for freshman season. You know, I think he might, I don't know. Do we know the prognosis right now? Do you know? I know he dislocated his knee. It sounded like a knee, which is a lot worse than some of the ankle injuries that we're hearing. I don't know if there's been a confirmation or a definite diagnosis on that yet, but it's not going to be great. Luxury for us, our linebacker room is stacked. He can rest. He can take his time. But you never want to see a, a player get injured. Um, And him is a big one, lost and lucky. So right now, knock on wood, uh, we have another scrimmage this weekend, but we've been we've kind of been blessed on the injury front so far, as far as like major contributors and major injuries. Um, so hopefully that continues. But yeah, it's, it's fall camp's tough. It's high, um, high energy, fast pace, re a real grind. So to come out unscathed is rare, uh, but you gotta you gotta count your blessings when you get them because it's tough to come out of camp without any uh, significant injuries sometimes. Yeah, totally. It's super. Uh super physical and it's kind of like a shock to the system because you know you've been you've, you've been doing all kinds of workouts and getting your body ready but there's nothing like you know getting hit laying hit especially in this heat like you said so grown men running at you 15 20 miles an hour it's it's it stings though it stings yeah so i mean as far as the raylan wilson injury i, I hadn't heard any initial uh damage like I know when they did like their first initial look, it looked like it was just a dislocation and nothing like maybe more severe, but it will definitely kind of keep you posted. And, you know, you guys will get the notifications and whatnot, but we just want to touch on that. And for me, that's a big impact for like a freshman. I was looking forward to making a splash, but maybe, you know, looking positive here that he's like mid season, you know, able to kind of get back on his feet and maybe we see him later in, you know, the, the postseason to make a contribution. That would be a great story. And, Obviously, we're rooting for him, but dude, we're like a week away from college football. I, know. I mean, I'm so ready. It's it's pretty crazy. I'm like, so ready. Like time has definitely flown, especially this this last off season. I feel like this is the fastest off season we have had in a while. And you know, Georgia football, it, it's just it's just a little bit away. I think there's actually games the Thursday before that weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say so. Yeah, you know, we're, we're like a week away, like literally. So, yeah. you guys get ready. Um, I know I'm ready. Cheetah, do you want to touch on anything else for the, for the, for the dogs here? I know we've lost out on a couple of recruits. We can kind of touch on. We didn't get KJ Bolden, unfortunately. Them, them Buford kids. Yeah, lost them to Florida State. Uh, Nawari ended up going to. Missouri and a lot of people think that has a lot to do with the new NIL kind of deal in Missouri uh, mm -hmm. about how much they can take or earn or whatever the case is. Um, some guys we're in the mix for, you're not going to win them all. Um, but with that being said, there was some good news, not with a, a new recruit, but Joseph Ajanye, mm -hmm. uh, one of the guys from Texas, him committed four star uh, D line edge type player. And then his, his buddy, Justin Williams after the number one linebacker. Joseph Ajanye just got his fifth star officially. Ooh. I'm not sure which um, side it was, but he, he's a five-star, and I think most people understand why. So we're still number wow. one. You're not going to get them all, but, again, it's just this program right now is 
while we're on top, it's tough to sit. It's easy to, for these smaller schools to say, hey, we'll give you the whole bag because we don't have these star players. You can be our guy. Not everybody wants to go and play with a bunch of other guys. They want to be that guy early. So best of luck to all those dudes, KJ, Noir, anybody who we don't get. Because right now, Georgia's doing Georgia, and I'm, I'm happy with it. If you want to be here, again, don't come here if you don't want to work. Best of luck in your career. But when we see you, when we see you, <laughs> we remember. We remember. The thing is, too, it's like you can come here and make a bag, especially if you, you make can. a name for yourself. We're not, not going to throw one giant bag at one player because we have sure. so many good players. You see what I'm saying? For sure. But this kind of goes into just like brand marketing and at, uh, in general because there are lots of players, like specifically in the NFL, where they might be like the third stringer, but they got a really interesting life, you know, hanging out in the Green Bay Packers locker room. And they're, you know, you're getting to see all this behind the scenes stuff and their social media following might be bigger than, you know, one of the more like name brand players, because that's not necessarily how you build your brand. So in general, I think it's good to recognize that, yes, you know, you do want to chase that money, but the long-term money is in bringing like building your brand. And you really, you can do that anywhere, honestly. And that's something that you can, that you do on your own. So my thing connecting with that George is going to bring in guys that can make some money and you can like, and if, with that said, you can build that brand anywhere. Like I just said, so you're getting to a point where do you want to follow that NIL or like we say, or the NFL Yeah, and you can make six figures pretty, probably pretty much anywhere if you're good enough. Okay. And that's some immediate money, but you want to go to a place where you're going to develop. So I like, I like it. Georgia, you know, as long as we kind of keep our, a little bit of money in the game for these players, I would much prefer to be a culture of guys wanting to be NFL dudes, wanting to develop, wanting to compete every day. That is far more sustainable. For sure. And, you know, and I'm not rooting against anybody who decides to chase that money. That's life-changing money. So. It is. These, these are kids. Maybe they're with their hometown university, dad, mom, whatever graduated from. Yeah. There's a lot. There's lots of reasons. So I don't knock them for it. It is what it is. Yeah, and that's... But, Good point. Dream school for KJ Bolton. So that's exactly like even, you deep, understand. even yeah. deeper layers. So, hey, you, you had a dream school and a check. Come yeah. on, man. We're, we're like... biased, but also the product that we're putting in the NFL right now, the education, the opportunity to make NIL money speaks for itself at Georgia. So in their scenario or in their eyes, I'm sure like can't go wrong. So good for them. Wish them the best. But how many players have we had at UGA either not come here and not have the best, you know, college experience or transfer out of here aka jermaine burton and things not go the way they wanted to so it's for them it's a win-win coming to georgia is a win it yeah. is a win for your career it doesn't mean you can't have that elsewhere but you know we would have liked to see them in the red and black and that's cool best of luck to these guys well hey i think wherever you go build your brand if you're listening you can build your brand anywhere because you know it's not necessarily about being um there's there's some other guy some dude out in a, a school in california he went viral um i think maybe he's or maybe oregon some west coast school either way he's out there um i think they said you know he's thrown a snap but he's the king of nil mm. because he's got all these deals and what he does is he reaches out to companies hey i'm a college athlete you know yada 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 some of this comes down to you being proactive so like I'm not saying don't don't accept a bag, but I just think that's something to note on. And since it is such a new frontier, there's people out here really doing well with it. Not necessarily the most you know popular athletes. So there's something to probably learn from that. But yeah, I feel good about our class. And dude, we lost 
out on a five-star defensive tackle and you're telling me we picked one up that we already had that's, that's what i'm saying man. that's what i'm I saying mean, sometimes it's all, it's all good sometimes it, the best presents are you know all, just you already got them and for kids it's hard to understand like your opportunity your window as an athlete as an opportunity to make that type of money it's a small window so some some kids are going to buy it on that early bag they really are but go into a place like i don't want to say we're the only ones but we've we've got the you know the numbers to show go into a place like uga opens up that window and opens up that bag really, really wide. So, so again, it's hard to tell a kid that, but that's, that's life. We all learn, we all go through it. So again, last time, just good luck to those kids and good luck to the dogs. Cause we're not, we're not going to stop either way. And then I was going to kind of go over some of the depth chart stuff, but since it's early, I think we'll just save that for the next podcast. Wait till after the scrimmage when things are more set in stone, uh, Kirby, Kirby likes to fool the media during viewing periods and mix up twos and ones and kind of first offense is like, why is this guy on first team and second team? Well, that's a starter. So you got to kind of read between the lines, but it's looking good right now. O-line defense overall that you, like you talked about the ESPN list, we've got so many talented guys all over this roster. And when you start putting them together and you look at it on a depth chart or like, you know, write the positions down, you're just like, dang, that boy's going to eat. That boy's going to eat. That boy's going to eat. So we'll we'll do that next. I love depth chart stuff. That's that's what I live for. I love the X's and O's, the Jimmy's and the Joe's. Um, but other than that, and some other news, um, wanted to give a shout out to the Braves who have started off this nine game homestand with a bang. They've already beat the Yankees twice. Not the best Yankees team, but still a very competitive uh, one team that you got to respect. They are looking to sweep them tonight, seven twenty, and uh, yeah. Braves leave the MLB with 77 wins. And if they can keep this going, they had a little bit of a lull, but if they can keep going on this trajectory, they are a force to be reckoned with once uh, the hunt for October is official. So season's about to wrap up. And then for those who love this time of year, ESPN fantasy football is starting to make its rounds. Drafts are on the way. And this is where uh, the men get separated from the boys or even the women. Goodness, Jill, Jill, for those of you who listen to this podcast who know our fantasy league, Jill has won a lot of these games. The reigning champion, so we are looking for somebody to dethrone her. going to be a fun year. Keegan, hope you're excited to draft. I am. I know no one cares about your fantasy team quite like the person with the team, but ah, I love this time of year, man. Can't get over it. <laughs> Can't get over it. Talk. I mean, bragging rights are always fun, but honestly, I, I've had bragging rights in a minute. I do a little bit better in basketball, and I totally – shit the bet on that this year so yeah it is what it is but we'll uh, see what we can uh muster up but yeah dude it's gonna be a great football season and hope you guys are ready we need these temperatures to drop down so i can really start you know believing it's fall but i guess it's not technically but hey the sooner the sooner the better and we're right here we'll catch y'all in the next one man as a wise man once said winter is coming my boy r.i.p <laughs> but uh yeah keegan if you ain't got anything else that's pretty much it for me man looking forward to the season all the seasons that are on the way Lo- love this time of the year can't get enough hey man we're gonna get into some preseason stuff next time with you guys and we'll do some rapid fire just you know shooting off what who we think is gonna be what this season so that'll be an exciting time Love it. Dog Nation, always appreciate it. Keegan, appreciate you too. You guys make sure to catch the podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, however you listen. And as always, guys, you know what it is. Off the leash. I do it for the dogs.